What time is it? You know it's maritime. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about all things maritime. The maritime industry is a major driving force in the global economy, and it affects each of us where we live. Our goal with this podcast is to raise awareness about the extraordinary people and amazing companies in this industry. And I'm so excited to talk today with Sloan Paris from Salt Chuck Marine. Hi there. I'm Colin Folon. I'm a maritime lawyer at Schwabi Williamson and Wyatt. And today I'm chatting with Sloan Paris. Sloan is vice president, general counsel, and chief ethics officer at Salt Chuck Marine. She's worked in several sectors of the shipping and transportation industry with experience dealing with maritime, logistics, air and ocean freight, and rail. Sloan, thank you so much for coming to the podcast today and spending the time. My pleasure. Like to have our listeners get to know you a bit. Maybe you could just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm a Florida native, and I've been living in Seattle for the last two years, and I lived here once before in 2006. I love living in Seattle. It has such a vibrant outdoor culture. On the professional side, I've worked for publicly traded and private companies, Fortune 500, private equity, and family-owned. I've been a general counsel for about a decade now, and I'm a true generalist, meaning I practice in multiple areas insourcing a great amount of the work that comes through my companies on a given day. I provide the greatest value to a company looking for a nimble, full toolkit general counsel who can be both strategic and tactical, able to talk to a frontline employee one minute and a board member the next minute. Most importantly, I love the diversity and complexity of my work. That's quite a bit. You've got a lot of things, obviously, to juggle in that role. I especially like the fact about how you have to be able to talk to people at every level of the company and solve a slew of, I'm sure, unpredictable problems from one day to the next. What's one thing that you really love to do when you're not working? Anything outdoors in the ocean. I love paddleboarding. I love swimming, kayaking. Now, obviously, those things are not as easy to do here as they are on the East Coast down in Florida, but it's still, it's my passion. I grew up near the ocean and I just, I can't imagine living anywhere else. It makes perfect sense to me. I'm a Portland native and lived in Seattle for quite some time before moving back to Portland. And I just love the Pacific Northwest. It can't get better as far as I'm concerned. Sloan, how would you describe your job to people who are outside the maritime industry? I'm a true general counsel in every sense of the word. My marine-based companies are a part of a historic industry that serves almost every single person on this earth. Hmm. Our role in transportation is the distribution around the world. We are a reputable, quite ancient industry that continues to be relevant in 2021. And we stay on the cutting edge of change. You know, that's so true that maritime really does touch I'd say everybody in some sense, directly or indirectly, yet people don't often realize that. So tell us about you. What's one super important thing you've learned in life and and how has that affected you? I have learned that people matter first. Lawyers don't always make the greatest managers or coworkers because frankly, there's no training in law school on the topics. Going in-house from a law firm taught me how to manage a team how to collaborate with my peers, how to talk to executive leadership and my board of directors. I took my natural empathy and curiosity and displayed it to my team, coworkers, and the leadership. And as a result, I have more meaningful relationships and stronger networks, both within and outside the industry and my profession. That's so important. There are so many things that you need to know and have to be successful as a lawyer that you just don't learn in law school. And obviously that's critical when you are, as you say, a generalist dealing with so many facets. 
of a pretty significant company at Saltchuck Marine. Tell me a bit, if you can, about what Saltchuck Marine does. Sure. Saltchuck Marine is a holding company. It's made up of several maritime operating companies. I know most of your listeners will know this, but each operating company is a Jones Act company, meaning that all of our fleet is built in the U.S., staffed by U.S. mariners, and maintained in the U.S. We are an integral part of the supply chain, without which cargo would not make it in and out of the United States. Additionally, our particular operating companies work in the most extreme marine environments in the world. We move around rocket ships. We can drop an oil platform in the Bering Sea during the summer drilling season and pick it back up before winter. So That's remarkable. Who are the customers that Saltchuck Marine serves? Every shipper moving cargo into and out of the United States, especially up and down the West Coast, which is where we have our strongest presence. Our customers are also those who need specialized marine services from the design to the execution phase. Well, that's interesting. So you mentioned the West Coast, but you also mentioned a variety of extreme environments. Where does Salt Chuck Marine operate? We've operated all over the world in our operating companies. Our heaviest volume is our West Coast Harbor fleets, but we also operate in Alaska and we maintain a very unique publicly regulated utility transportation company in Hawaii. I imagine that's not a very common thing for a company in your sector to do. No, not at all. <laughs> wow. How large is Saltchuck Marine? Saltchuck Marine is privately held, but we have over 1,500 mariners across our operating companies, and they live all over the United States. Mm, okay. You know, everybody that I've met at Saltchuck has exhibited this pride in what they do and this real sense of a strong company ethic. What's one thing you take pride in? when it comes to Salt Chuck Marine? I am most proud that our operating companies focus on safety and compliance, that their goal is to send our mariners to work each day and know that they will go home to their family and friends at the end of the day. There's just nothing more important than that. Well, that's absolutely right. I imagine given all the things that Salt Chuck Marine does, you're constantly having to innovate. What do you see Salt Chuck Marine doing to innovate these days? We focus on several different areas, but I will highlight two. The first is the environment, and the second is automation. We are constantly looking to reduce our impact on the environment. We train and work every day to prevent environmental spills like loose oil or dirty stormwater. We deploy technology to reduce our emissions. Most recently, we are working on the specs to build a hybrid tug, which will further decrease emissions lower than today's most stringent standards. We're also involved in an East Coast wind project, Vineyard Wind, in which will be a critical cog to decrease our country's reliance on oil and coal. On the other hand, or the other side of the spectrum, if you will, we've begun a partnership with an automation company. If you did a quick search on our operating company, FOSS, we outfitted a barge making it autonomous. The military then successfully landed a military helicopter on it for refueling. This is the first time that that's been done. We're working with that same company to further increase safety in our wheelhouse by adding autonomous technology for captains, sort of like an autopilot feature. This will make our vessels safer and decrease the stress and strain on the captains on their everyday workload. That's amazing. And it sounds like you see trends coming and you are innovating to meet those, but really taking a lot of initiative as well. That's remarkable. So if we were to kind of go into an imaginary world and you could magically add an extra work week to the year, and let's say you get an extra week of vacation too, what project would you tackle? 
definitely wind. Wind projects involve vessels that have never been built in the U.S. and involve technological components that are in the process of being manufactured for the first time. It is just really exciting to be working on all the different aspects of the project. And it's good that I want to spend my time there because that's definitely what's taking it up right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've been in a lot of various sectors. I'm interested to know what drew you into or, or maybe how did you fall into the maritime industry? What was your career path? My start with the maritime industry came early. In fact, my first summer clerkship was with a maritime law firm in Jacksonville, Florida. And then I TA'd for my maritime law professor, Thomas Schoenbaum, for several semesters in law school. Since I grew up in Jacksonville I and loved the water, working around boats just seemed a natural fit to me. My first stint in maritime didn't last that long as my personal life pulled me in other directions. As a result, I'm actually certified to practice law in five different states. <laughs> the longest time in my career has been spent in legally supporting global logistics, basically acting as a travel agent for cargo all over the world. Then I ended up being headhunted into two completely different types of companies, one retail, one restaurant and franchise. But to my delight, my next opportunity brought me back to the maritime industry under the umbrella of Salt Chuck Resources. And here I am now. That's quite a path. And being admitted in five states, that's a lot of bar exams. Most impressive. What's one thing that you wish more people knew about what you do? We have the very best mariners, and they're supported by innovative and experienced naval architects, project managers, and shoreside personnel. If you have a marine problem you can't solve, send it to us and we'll customize a solution for you. So you mentioned earlier working with a lot of people at Saltchuck Marine at various levels. I'm always interested to know how, how do you think your coworkers would describe you? Dedicated, strategic, a team player, and hardworking, and maybe the tiniest bit of a sense of humor. <laughs> always a good thing to have. I imagine as general counsel, there's probably not such a thing as a typical day for you, is there? And, and if so, how would you describe it? It is a variety of challenges and opportunities. It's important for me to be both strategic, keeping that big picture in focus, and tactical, the blocking and tackling that moves our operating companies forward every day. As a general counsel with a broad background in different areas of the law, I support not only our operating companies, but also our back office functions, whether it's new AI technology for finance, a SaaS agreement for IT, or providing HR support and guidance. But not losing focus on the strategic picture is a challenge. So I specifically set time on my schedule to put my head down and be sure we're moving forward key initiatives, like our compliance and ethics plan, in meaningful ways every year. That's a great technique to have when you're in a strategic position. And I imagine there are several lawyers who just don't do that and are constantly reacting to things as opposed to deliberately taking the time to think strategically. That's a great thing to add to the workday. What's one thing you wish you had known before you became a lawyer or before entering the maritime industry? Since I started while I was still in law school, I'm not sure there's anything I wish I would have known before then. They got me kind of young. What I've learned in the maritime industry, though, is the importance of people going home to loved ones and the essential nature of the industry to the global economy. Frankly, we're just plain old critical. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. You know, and you've been in the industry long enough, not only to see the value on the local and global economies, but also see changes over time. What do you think, though, would you say is a common myth or misperception 
of the maritime industry for, from those outside it. I think a lot of people still think about pirates. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is we're focused on safety endeavors and employing new technology to reduce our impact on the bodies of water we sail in. Yeah, I think that's true. I remember when I was growing up, I had this this sense of the commercial fishing industry, for example, as just kind of, you know, pillaging the seas. But in fact, folks who fish commercially are stewards and see the value of sustaining the resource and sustaining the environment. And the misperception that you identified is is apt as well. We're in weird times still as we're re- recording this podcast. How has Salt Check Marine met the challenges of the pandemic? Our operating companies have met the challenges by focusing on safety and evolving our protocols to meet CDC, state, and local guidelines. Mm -hmm. I have to give a huge shout out to our mariners especially. They have ensured critical supplies, hospital ships, and food are making it to their destinations by showing up every single day in person and working on our vessels. They wore the necessary PPE, they maintained social distance, and everyone participated in necessary contact tracing when the inevitable happened. Most importantly, they did their job every day, day in and day out throughout the pandemic and are still doing it now. Yeah, everybody's had to adapt in the maritime industry and Stalchuk Marine certainly have risen to the occasion. This is kind of a, a different question, but one I like to ask on every podcast, which is, what do you think the maritime industry can do to foster diversity, equity and inclusion? I do think the maritime industry is working hard, like many other industries, to foster diversity, equity, and inclusion. I see the biggest challenge, though, is that the maritime industry is multiple generations of families working on vessels. So we need to get the opportunities out to those who aren't already familiar with the industry. I think we have to continue to take steps like opening the new maritime high school in Seattle, Initiatives like this educate our youth on the opportunities that are available in the maritime industry as we are a great source of jobs. That's a good point. I mean, the need, I suspect that there's just not as much of a, an awareness of the opportunity in the maritime industry. And yet the maritime industry has is, is often been a welcoming place. And so it sounds like a, a big hurdle there is to, to raise awareness and, and create those educational opportunities as well as opportunities to get into the industry. You know, I've always felt like there's a a strong sense of community or at least kind of a close-knit aspect to the maritime industry. And I'm interested to know what you think about that, how folks share insights, how they stay connected, or, or maybe you have a different view. I think trade associations play a really big role in the maritime industry. I think going back to those multi-generational families, I think that that plays into the sharing of ideas and trends, but I also think that the trade associations and organizations like the AWO or WISTA really make a big difference in coming together and sharing best practices. I think our customers demand it, and so sharing best practices on safety especially, but compliance is a huge priority in the maritime industry. That's a great point. And I saw some of that in certain companies where, you know, the inception of the pandemic, where folks, even competitors would share what they were doing to stay safe or even promulgate standards and expectations that might've gone above and beyond local regulations or restrictions. When we have gatherings in our offices, We've done this kind of almost annual breakfast. I've had colleagues come to me and say, my goodness, what's going on? It sounds like there's a party at 7.30 a.m., 8 a.m. I say, well, that's the maritime industry. For some reason, people just get along. One of my perhaps harder questions, if not the hardest, is 
What's one question I didn't ask you, Sloan, but I really should have? I didn't get to bring up my little buddy at home, my Springer Doodle Rocky Road. He makes me laugh and smile, which is the best cure to the long days that we work right now. Anything that would have brought up Rocky Road would definitely be the question you missed. Ah, nuts. I'm glad you shared that. Pets are fantastic. Uh, They get us through so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners. That's all for this episode. And we'll see you next time when you know it's maritime.